to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shadrick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, we had a great time doing this college opening day special. There's a more extensive name for it that we'll go over in a minute. But it was great to talk to all these guys about their experiences in opening day and everything that's coming with the not locked out college baseball. Not locked out FCBL, not locked out college baseball. Thanks so much for everyone for tuning in, whether they're watching or listening. We're just four days away from opening day on Friday, February 18th. Um, we talked to these guys a bunch. They're, you know what? None of them said they're losing sleep. That's not, I, I thought we'd get a couple of cracks out of them. I thought they'd crack a little, but uh, no, they're, they're certainly ready. They're excited. We're excited. And um, yeah, we're, we wanted to call this something else. Are we going over the full name? Yep. For, for anyone that watches The Office, we wanted to call this the 2022 Futures Collegiate Baseball League Back to the Futures Valentine's Day NCAA Division One opening day special, right? Yeah. <laughs> the 2022 <laughs> Futures Collegiate Baseball League Back to the Futures NCAA Division One Valentine's Day opening day special. Pro-Am fun run race for the cure, Michael Scott. <laughs> um no but we we obviously didn't have the room for that um couple notes we're gonna have some new england matchups early including northeastern versus merrimack down in florida so for all of you guys listening up here that'll be down in florida but uh umass taking on northeastern on 3-8 also uconn taking on hartford on march 8th uh, bc's taking on holy cross on March 15th, there's going to be a, a lot of New England baseball, a lot of New England matchups uh, before obviously conference play starts, um, you know, and in, in a little over a month from now. Yeah, there's some great New England matchups and we've got some great New England baseball players on this episode of Back to the Futures. Spencer Smith coming from Northeastern, the former Brockton Rock. Cole Trudoba, pitcher from UConn, who was a former Worcester Braveheart, actually is the single-game strikeout record holder in the Futures League. Dominic Keegan returned to Back to the Futures, the Vanderbilt Commodore and former Nashua Silver Knight, and Pat Roach from Boston College. The, of course, we got to have a BC guy on here to finish it off. It's, it's a great group of guys who had some great answers about how excited they are for opening day next this week. Yeah, definitely. They're all ready. They've all been preparing, getting that extra reps getting those extra reps in all that preparation, because that's what it's all about. You know, it's a long season, but once the season hits, it's short. All the players listening to this, all the guys who have played listening to this makes sense. It flies by. It really feels like you prepare for more than nine months out of the year. And then you play for this little tiny three months. And then, you know, you get to spend your summer in the futures league like these guys, but it's so quick and it all comes down to just a couple inches, just a couple reps, just a couple miles an hour, just a couple extra reps in the weight room that, you know, let you let those warning track flyouts turn into home runs. Um, 101 days until the FCBL. We didn't talk a ton about that this episode because we we're just trying to juice some information, milk some information out of these guys. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fun college season. It's, it's, it's going to be fun uh, watching these guys until, until they're back on our fields. It'll be a great college season leading to another great Futures League summer. We're going to kick this episode off. We've got Spencer Smith, who was a Brockton Rock in 2019 and a current Northeastern Husky infielder. He had a lot of great things to say. We want to get you there and get this episode started. So we will send it to Spencer Smith. Let's roll. We're honored to now welcome on former Brockton Rock and current Northeastern Husky infielder Spencer Smith. Spencer, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. And the off season is slowly and surely coming to an end. So what have you been up to baseball wise and otherwise? Uh, so uh, for baseball, we've been going out to Lincoln Sudbury for indoor practices uh, because our on-campus place is currently not available to us. Uh, we've been doing a lot of scrimmages, getting ready for getting our pitchers ready, uh, building up their pitch counts and getting hitters some live at bats. And now that we're going into the last full week of practices for the season, you know, competition's ramping up, positions are up for grabs, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Every every single day, there's something new. Yeah, every coach must love having competition. You guys obviously have 
a great slate of players coming back. So right now it's like 10 or so days away on recording day from opening day on the, the podcast is releasing just four days away. What do you think of when you think of opening day? Uh, it's, there's always those jitters, those opening day jitters. You know, you haven't played a, a real game since for me last summer. Um, we obviously had our inner squads in the fall, but it's a little different on game day. Um, and then it's just the excitement, you know, new team every year. You don't really know what you got until the season starts. You know, we got a lot of young talent. So we're kind of hoping that we uh, kind of have a, a similar year to last year where we kind of put it all together. Yeah. So Johnny mentioned it. We're recording this on Monday, February 7th, but this will come out next week. So you, well, so right now you're 10 days away from opening day. You're 10 days away from a matchup with LIU and the Penn State tourney. Has it been harder to sleep or you just, is it more and more excitement each day? I try and just look, look forward uh, through the rest of the today and then into tomorrow. I try not to look out that far. I don't want to be excited because, uh, you know, this next week and going into the following week, you know, we got a lot of important practices coming up. We still got to put a lot of stuff in. We got to fine tune a lot of things. And, you know, I still have a chance to get better over the next two weeks and everyone else does as well. So just try and keep it day to day for now. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. So you're on the rocks back in 2019. That was pre back to the futures, pre podcast era. So that's why it took you a little long to come on. How did the futures league you think help you over that summer, you know, transition to the fall and winter, et cetera. And how did you see it maybe help some other guys that, you know, were in a great competition for a, a 60 plus game summer this past summer? Uh, so for me, I was there after my freshman year here at Northeastern. And I think I only played like 16 games my freshman year. So just getting out there and playing every day and getting those at bats, getting like being around other guys, you know, there's a lot of D3 guys that might be older. They have a lot more experience kind of learning from them learning from the other guys who are my age from all over the country and then staying with those guys. Like one of my good friends from that team uh, got drafted to the Chicago Cubs, BJ. He's, he's doing great. He played at FAU. Um, but the biggest thing is just, it's a long season, get the young guys, those at bats, especially now, I think Northeastern sending the kids coming out of high school there. So now they're coming on campus better than, you know, I was when I was a freshman, that's for sure. Yeah, we have a, you know, Joe has a great relationship with Coach Glavin, and he has a great relationship with a lot of the other coaches throughout the league. Um, one thing that's kind of an elephant in the room, we keep joking that the FCBL isn't locked out and the MLB is. That, so you guys are playing, well, you're scheduled to play the first MLB game of the season. Is there any update on that? Is it cool or weird or bad that you guys might be like the first game canceled? There hasn't been anything set in stone. As of right now, we're still playing them. Obviously, if you look at the news, the MLBs, there's not exactly on the same page with the MLB like Players Association. So we don't really know. We're going to be down there anyway in Florida, so it doesn't really affect us other than, you know, we might not have a game on whatever day that is, and our coaches might try and get another game. Uh, but right now, it's, it's on the schedule. We're, we're – it's a fun day, you know, hopefully it happens, but you know, if it doesn't, it's, it's out of our control. So a pandemic ago, you got a couple of ABs in 2020 at JetBlue Park, Fenway South. You played shortstop opposite Jeter Downs. What did you take the most out of that day and what had to be a dream come true? Yeah, uh, so going into that game, there's no expectations for us. So that was, you know, kind of a little bit of weight off the shoulders, but the stadium was packed you got a lot of people looking at you they don't even know who you are really a lot of people there I don't even think realized that we were a college which was interesting um but biggest thing was just how big those guys are I remember my freshman year uh Bobby Dahlbeck was rounding second base and I was getting a cutoff or I was lining up to be a cutoff to third and he almost ran right through me which would not have been good but those guys are so big they're so fast they're so strong it just kind of gives you like a look into what it takes to be at the next level. Yeah. And you were part of two double plays that 2020 game that they're just, cause it, it must be different rather than a CAA athlete piling on you than a little like 
a major league guy piling on you, turning to. Yeah, I, I have both those plays saved on my phone. Uh, those are good memories. Um, I remember one of them, Scott Holswell kind of led me a little into the base path, and I kind of there was a split second there. Where I was like, do I do I want to catch this right now? <laughs> but I reached out, got it, and we ended up turning on a nice double play, so it was good. Yeah, like you, that's just so cool to do that in front of, you know, he was said like Jeter Downs, Bobby Dahlbeck and others. So in terms of lessons, what was the kind of thing you learned most coming out of that game? The pitchers, they all have three pitches. Like, you know, we play CAA a lot of times. They'll have one really, really good pitch, maybe a second pitch that'll kind of keep you off balance. But a lot of times they don't have three pitches. Every guy that I've faced that day had three just excellent pitches that they could locate. They had good movement. It's just you, you got to be able to hit those pitches to, to be at that level. It's a little different. All right, so if the regular season's delayed, do you need to uh, keep Fenway Park warm for the Sox? Is that a fair trade? We've, we've There's been a couple of jokes on the team where it's like, hey, empty stadium, let's let's get out there. It's so close. If I, if I uh, open up the blinds, I could see Fenway right from my room, but I don't I don't think they would let us do that. It'd be cool, though. Oh yeah, that would be crazy. Worth a shot. It would make sense too. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be like crazy. It would be, but exactly. It be. Yeah. Exactly. It's right there. It's actually it's closer to campus than our field, I think. Yeah, I mean, you guys have a great field too, and I'm sure that's not bad to to go off of. Um, you know, I, I've played a few games there. It's awesome there. I also saw you over the winter at the Patriot Athletic Club uh, down in Rockland at uh, Joe Pellucci, the FCBL Commissioner's new place. How much do you, how much does coach Glavin stress, you know, being ready to get right into the swing of things? Cause you know, you have roughly a month before the season when he guys, guys all get back from winter break. Yeah. Uh, winter break is probably the most important uh, time this season before the, uh, obviously the season uh, you kind of, especially for the young guys, like I was there with Jack Doyle, who I think is going back to Brockton this summer. Um, you get your first, look into college if you're a freshman in that fall you learn a lot you have coaches throwing maybe new drills at you maybe trying to run something by you about your swing and then you go home and it's like all right it's on me I got to put everything together and then one thing that coach Glavin really likes is um, most of our roster is kind of or pretty much our entire roster is from the northeast so he likes guys that kind of can work at work out together uh, over the summer and over winter. So the group we had down there, there was like, I think five or six of us that would just go pretty much every day hit for an hour or two. And, you know, we're talking like maybe someone's swings a little off and someone notices something like you help each other out, get better. And I know I made a lot of strides over the winter, especially um, having, you know, my guys there helping me out and I was helping them out. It's just, it's a good time. It's fun. And you're putting in the work. Yeah, it's super important because it's, it, it, it requires a lot of trust from the coaches too because they don't have their hands on you, their eyes on you. They can't, they can't bark at you or whatever they do to control you guys. So the season starts out hot. You have an opening weekend in North Carolina. Then you have a fall, Florida trip followed by some tough ACC matchups, including one with NC State, a team that was on their way to winning it all last year. And then conference play starts. How do you and how important is it to stay focused during all of those tough matchups, even before conference play gets underway? Yeah, so those matchups before conference play are really important in terms of an at-large bid, especially if we're playing NC State, who I, in the preseason poll, I don't know the exact number, but I think most places have them ranked somewhere between 10 and 20 or something like that. So those are huge games, not only for kind of like the RPI strength of schedule rankings, but also just for us to see what we have, you know, the pitching NC State's going to have is probably going to be pretty good, and we're going to have to hit those pitches or hit those pitchers to uh, to win those games, and it's going to be a good competition for us. We, I think we followed back up with Clemson the weekend after, and that's another going to be another tough matchup, ACC, Power 5 school. We're going to have to go down there and compete. But at the same time, those first two weekends, we gotta, we're playing LIU. Right now, all our focus has to be on playing LIU on opening night because – if we look ahead to NC State, we might drop a couple of games that, you know, maybe we should have won. So it's just game by game. And then once you get into conference play, that's where you really got to bear down and uh, 
those games are different. It doesn't matter if one team's way better than the other one. They're always close. There's always something going on. The coaches know each, know each other really well, so they kind of know how they uh, like to manage a team. And it's just a full-on from inning one through nine. Just you got to battle every single pitch, especially in conference play. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, D1Baseball.com has them at number 10, NC State at number 10 in the country right now in the preseason poll. Um, obviously, we're not going to make you talk about them more. You know, it's it's all focused on LIU in that first weekend. But it's pretty cool when you find out they're on the schedule, right? Yeah, it is. Because you being a college athlete, you want to play against the best and kind of compare yourself to what, you know, some of these other teams have. And I know this year we have a couple of guys that are preseason all I think I don't know how many maybe it's just one but a couple preseason nominations for a couple of our players so we have the talent to go down and compete with those guys and it's exciting to be able to actually get an opportunity to do that yeah and you talk about talent on your team one former futures leaguer Max Vieira last year we got to talk about last year comes to the Mm -hmm. plate in the 10th inning in the CAA championship and launches one to send you guys to the tournament how do you talk about defending that and getting back to that goal uh, we had our uh, we had our leadoff dinner this past weekend, like our fundraising before the season, kind of put a cap on last year's championship run. Uh, but what Coach Glavin was saying in that uh, that dinner was all the coaching cliches are kind of gone. Like the you know they're doubting us. No one really believes in you. You kind of got to prove them wrong. Like we're CAA had us winning the. Uh, the preseason poll for the rankings and now it's like okay the target's on our back we got to defend it everybody's coming after us we took down UNCW on their own field in the conference tournament in dramatic fashion everybody's going to want a piece of us now we're at the top they're coming after us how are we going to defend it so we're just you know we got to stay within ourselves one thing always uh, coach Glavin likes to say is ignore the noise we have no control what people are going to say about us we just got to kind of let the play do the talking. Yeah, absolutely. And someone's play that certainly talked last year was another FCBL alum. So many of these guys on the Huskies. Uh, Jared Dupree got picked up by the San Francisco Giants, obviously in the 2021 MLB draft. All sorts of records at the plate last year. CAA Player of the Year, uh, Collegiate Baseball, ABCA, and Rawlings, third-team All-American, third most stingers in the country, most in school history, and 50 RBIs. How do you guys talk about, you know, replacing 50 RBIs or replacing 21 dingers. Uh, does that come up or is it kind of just, Hey, everyone do your job and uh, let's compete. Well, I think one thing you got to realize is it's not, we're not going to replace 21 home runs with one guy. We're not going to replace 50 RBIs with one guy. There's going to have to be <clears throat> all nine guys in the lineup. We're going to have to step up because, you know, Jared, you did a lot for us last year. He helped us out. You had a bunch of clutch, you know, extra base hits, home runs, that uh, kind of would either close out a game or give us the lead and kind of give us momentum. So we are missing a huge bat, but we do have uh, the guys that are going to fill in to kind of help replace that. But there is no replacing it with one guy. That was Jared's run last year was something that was really cool to watch, especially because he was my roommate and he's been my roommate. He had had been my roommate since freshman year. It was just really cool kind of seeing him do what we all knew he was capable of. Um, But we, we got to help. There is a giant hole and we're going to have to do a lot to, to replace him. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are ready. You're getting ready. One last question of this, uh, this quick interview. This is dropping on Valentine's day. What is your favorite flower? Favorite flower. I'm just going to have to go with, with the rose. I feel like it's the classic Valentine's day flower. Good answer. I wouldn't know how to answer that question either. I don't know. I don't know flowers besides roses and daisies. Yeah, I, I really only know roses. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect answer for Valentine's Day. Spencer, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and giving your analysis. We are so excited that it's finally opening day for baseball. You guys aren't locked out. MLB, figure it out. But thank you so much again for coming on and good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, yep, we're looking forward to a good season. So Thanks, hope Spencer. it all goes well. Thank you. Before we return to the 2022 Futures Collegiate Baseball League Back to the Futures NCAA Division I Valentine's Day opening day special, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? 
We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England. Not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities, so let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. We now return to the 2022 Futures Collegiate Baseball League Back to the Futures NCAA Division I Valentine's Day opening day special. Thanks so much to Spencer Smith for coming on. We uh, we were lucky enough to steal a couple minutes of his time before Northeastern's getting ready for their busy schedule. They might be playing the Sox. We don't we 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 don't have an answer for that yet. You know who knows with a lockout, with the minors, with whatever's going on. Uh, I'm gonna say it for the tenth time. Futures League not locked out. But here we have a guy coming up next that you know is really an example of what the Futures League's all about. He uh, he showed out in the summer. He has, like you said, the single season K's record, like you said in the intro. And, uh, you know, he he lit it up at Assumption, and now he's headed to UConn for his uh, for his grad year. Yeah, it is Cole Chudoba, former Worcester Braveheart, current UConn Husky, former Assumption man. He was great on the mound for Worcester. He was great on the mound for Assumption, and he's going to have a nice prove-it year at UConn, and he's super excited to become a Husky. And we want to get you that interview. We don't want to want to waste any more time. So here is Cole Chudoba. We now welcome on our next guest on our college baseball opening day special. This is a pitcher who set the single game strikeout record in the FCBL in 2020 with 15 strikeouts. It's former Worcester Braveheart and current UConn Husky Cole Chudoba. Cole, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on. It's you know great to talk to you guys again. It's been a little bit since uh, been with the Futures League, so. Yeah, it's been a little bit, but we're happy to have it kind of wrap back around here as we are almost set for opening day. How are you at in terms of your arm? What are you guys up to at UConn? And how are you preparing for opening day here in a couple and just under a week or just over a week? Yeah, no, I mean, we've been we've been practicing pretty hard, like long practices, getting our lifts in. Um, it's definitely been a really intense preseason, but um, it's been really good. My arm feels really good. Um, been throwing well and stuff and just kind of enjoying my new home right now and kind of everything that comes with it. So uh, I'm super excited. We're leaving uh, on Thursday next week. We're flying out. We're going to Tampa. So we're opening up that weekend. So it should be really, really fun. All right. So we're asking everyone that's coming on this D1 opening day special, what feelings or memories pop into your head when you think of opening day? Opening day. It's just, it's the anticipation, honestly, that buildup, especially that, that week before you kind of, everyone's like super anxious and, you know, in practice, it's kind of, you know, you focus on practice, but back of your mind, you're just always thinking about opening day. And when you wake up that morning, kind of, you know, have, have breakfast with your team and everything, it just kind of starts to hit you that like everything we did in that preseason, you know what I mean? All, all the worst parts that we got through, it's kind of like, this is the day now, like we did everything to get, get to this day. So it's definitely just a, a lot of adrenaline and, you know, just, it's an awesome day. Great feeling. Yeah. That's why you wake up early. That's why you do those extra reps and, it makes it all worth it. So one thing that's harder to prepare for, I think I counted this right. I don't go to a very good math school, but first 18 games, only one is in stores. What prepares you for that besides just going through it? Yeah, I mean, it, it'll definitely be, you know, harder for us, you know, playing on the road against uh, against these teams. But, uh, you know, thankfully we've, we've had like some pretty good equipment and technology here in stores. We have like the hit tracks and everything. So, you know, even though we're not on a field, kind of get a little bit of a realistic look. So we kind of do our best. We're going to try and get outside as much as we can. We have the turf field. So, you know, it's obviously you want to play your home field, but, you know, playing baseball in the Northeast, that doesn't always work all the time. So, you know, you're kind of used to it a little bit, um, you know, especially where I went to my old school, we didn't play home games for a while. So, you know, you're just going in the mindset that you're just playing someone else and it doesn't really matter what field it's on. You know, you just got to be ready to compete. 
And yeah, that definitely ties into kind of the futures league a little bit. So we're asked this Did summer ball kind of help with that where in both years, 2019 and 20, you were kind of going from Worcester to new Britain to Nashua to wherever else. Oh yeah. Summer ball definitely helps with that. You're just used to, you know, always waking up, traveling, going to whatever field kind of you, uh, kind of get in that routine and you're kind of used to the whole travel part and being in new stadiums all the time. So I definitely think summer ball really helps prepare you for that. Yeah. Summer ball does not, it, it can prepare you for Ness and you're, you guys were on Nesson in uh, 2020, but first set opening day, you're on uh you're on ESPN plus against USF. That's definitely a perk of going to UConn. When you see that, is that something, who are you texting? Like, Hey, you can watch me. You're uh, even though you're going to be back home. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a lot of my buddies, uh, a lot of my former teammates, too. Like they thought that was that was really cool. So, uh, you know, just being at like a bigger stage and just it, it, to me, it's kind of it's really cool. I'm still kind of taking it all in. You know, I'm not not used to all of this, but uh, but it's been amazing so far. My friends are all super excited. My former teammates, everyone at Assumptions, you know, supported me and I've been in touch with all them. So uh, it's been pretty cool. Yeah, and you just mentioned it. You had four years at Assumption, and then you transferred to UConn. Was that a COVID years thing, or did you kind of always plan on doing that? Uh, that was kind of like the the COVID year, kind of giving me an extra year and uh, being able to transfer with the grad year. There's no, like, restrictions with it compared to – I mean, I know with COVID, I don't know if the, the one-time transfer, I don't know all that, but I know, like, your grad, your grad year, there's no restrictions. So kind of that was COVID kind of, you know – the one blessing and one good thing I could find out of it was it gave me a, another year and another opportunity to explore a new school and everything. So that's, that's kind of how it worked out. And uh, I couldn't be you know happier where I ended up and couldn't be happier for all my time in Assumption. I mean, it was, it was definitely hard to not go back to Assumption for my fifth year, but, you know, I had to do what was best for, you know, my, my career, my education um, and everything at the time. So. Yeah, of course. And Assumption was a big name this summer in the Futures League. So we got to ask about two of your former teammates, Patrick Harrington, the pitcher of the year in the Futures League, and Jack Choate, who set the strikeout record for a season. What was it like to watch those guys be so dominant this summer? Oh, it, it was awesome to watch. They're like they're like my little brothers to me. Like when they got here, uh, we're all kind of on the same, you know, wavelength mentally and kind of our work ethic and everything. So, you know, the three of us would always do extra things together and just talk baseball all the time, talk like mentality that we watch each other throw bullpens. So to watch them, like I knew the whole time that they had it in them and to kind of, it's pretty cool to just see them, you know, finally, finally prove it on, on the stage to everyone. And I knew all along that that's, that that's what they were capable of. And they're both going to have a really big year at assumption. I've been talking to them, you know, all the time. I talked to Pat almost like every week and Jack, I text him. We talk about his preseason, how he threw and everything. So they're definitely going to do something special this year. I couldn't be any more proud of them. So, Yeah, of course. And if I remember correctly, I think Harrington was talking you up when he was on our, uh, on our show a couple, couple months ago. So definitely mutual respect there. And back to the FCBL for a minute. You guys, obviously in the FCBL, you play all three divisions of college baseball, but specifically D1. When you played against those guys from those big schools, did that give you the confidence that you needed to know that you could hang with them? Yeah, definitely. Definitely playing against those guys, you know, it gives you confidence. Like once I get out there, I, I like, I black out. I don't really think about who I'm playing at the time, but you know, once you're after you're like, Oh, I played against a kid from this school. And um, yeah, there's definitely some big names that I played in the futures league, especially my last year there. Um, there were some really, really top guys. So, you know, I was just like, it doesn't matter what school, like I can compete against these guys. And that kind of gave me some confidence going forward uh, into the year after that and just my whole baseball career. So is it going to be different not having, I forget what they call them, but uh, the, at your field, there's some dorms next to it. There's some open space next to it back at Assumption. And I went to a game there once. I was in Worcester for the day doing some college stuff back in high school. And there was just a huge darty next to a doubleheader. Yeah, that's uh, the, they're actually called the Worcester Hall dorms. I lived there my sophomore year. And then there's that big hill. Everyone kind of lays out there um definitely loved our atmosphere of our field is a pretty good location like right on campus and having dorms right behind you so definitely warm days outside i'll uh definitely miss those days at assumption but uh you know we got a pretty cool field here uh elliott ballpark here at yukon so i'm really excited to 
finally playing a game in this atmosphere. We had a, we had a fall ball game and we had a lot of people there against URI. So I can only imagine what it's going to be like in the spring. So. And from on the field stuff to off the field stuff, did the FCBO also prepare you for your transition to UConn? Because obviously you go right from assumption to Worcester and automatically have to play with a new team. So what was that like kind of transferring to UConn and trying to get comfortable? Yeah, no, I mean, it was really, really kind of a smooth transition for me. Um, I knew a couple guys on the team already here at UConn a little bit. Um, and, you know, playing in the FCBL, you play with guys, uh, you know, like Reggie Crawford. I was playing against him before I even I even came here. So uh, Pat Gallagher is another kid, too, who played for Westfield. So um, it wasn't too bad of a transition. Uh, you know, I get along pretty easily with other guys and stuff. But the FCBL kind of was nice that I got to play against some guys that I would eventually be teammates with one day. So uh, I think it helped with the transition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're – you're meeting new guys. We saw, you know, turnover this year with the longer season. We saw, you know, 2020 was so weird. So it definitely looked like it helped. It helped me. I had to learn new names and I didn't even, I wasn't playing the summer. Uh, but what about those two summers overall in Worcester? What can you say were some of your favorite parts? Obviously you got the ring, you got the bling, but um, you know, just what can you say were some of your favorite parts? Yeah, I mean, the Futures League, uh, I got to play two summers there. Super thankful for that. Honestly, some of the best summers of my entire life. Um, kind of just the teammates. It was pretty cool because, uh, I mean, with the COVID year, a lot of us came back that second summer. So I got to play with a lot of, like, teammates from when we won the championship. And we we were, like, we all got together. We were like, hey, we want, we want to do this again. Like, that was such a fun summer. That was such a cool experience. And kind of just the friendships I made with all my teammates. Um Coach Dion was awesome. Uh, Adam Chase, TK, all of them were amazing and still keep in touch with them even now to this day. So that kind of shows the uh, relationships I built with everyone there. And uh, Peterman too, actually had assumption Peterman was a guest speaker in one of my classes too. So the FCBL will always be a part of my life somehow one way or another. So, uh, you know, it's definitely just a great league. It's super competitive. Uh, it's a really fun atmosphere, especially for fans and everything. My, my host family, I'm still really, really close to live with them for two summers. So overall, I just had a really positive experience, played some really good competition there and kind of just made some lifelong friends. And I couldn't say any, any greater things about the way the Future League runs their league. So, All right, not to blow over that good answer and talk about all the friends you made, but when did Peterman, when was this, when was he a guest speaker? And I guess, I guess this was before I was in the league. Owen, oh, did he turn this like, did he turn this into content? What, what was going on? What, what class was this? Yeah, it was, uh, my senior year. Um, it was a sports management class and, uh, he was, he had like a list of guest speakers that he possibly wanted to have on and Peterman was listed in that. And then he kind of let us know, uh, like a two week in advance, like, Hey, this guest speaker's coming on. So, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. It was pretty funny for me to sit back and just like listen to Peterman in a whole different uh, atmosphere, but he does a really good job. You know, he knows how to be the crazy, silly guy, but like also he knew how to be pretty serious and kind of, you know, give his talk about his career, how he got to where he's at, like what he does um, and everything. So I did a really good job speaking, but yeah, it was kind of, kind of funny holding a couple laughs sometimes when he was talking because I knew a little bit more than other people. Yeah, and that's great to have him as a guest speaker after he was your general manager for a summer. And and speaking of that, in 2019, obviously you talked about it. You got the bling. You guys beat Bristol to win the championship. It was such an intense summer and a great championship series. Do you still have that ring from the from the championship run? Oh yeah, I still have that. It's actually it's somewhere in my apartment, one of the one of those drawers. I always keep that thing on me. You know, it's uh, it's pretty special to me. So. Uh, definitely a cool moment. And we all, I think everyone still has their rings on them, you know, at all their apartments in college. So. Yeah, it's awesome. All right. Back to wrap this up, back to, back to the diamond for a second. So you jump from the NE10 to UConn. We've seen both succeed, you know, and dominate in the FCBL. Like we said, show with the single season K's record. And then Chris Brown, you're a, uh, your teammate at UConn hit and walk off dingers. What have you noticed about, you know, a highly competitive fall, what we assume is a productive winner? And what are some goals for you without, you know, giving anything specific away to the competition? Uh, you mean like goals for as a team or goals for like me personally, just talking about the season going? Both, I guess. We'd, we'd love to hear both. 
Uh, I mean, obviously coming here, it's a, it's a winning program. You know, we, we want to win the big East again, defend our title, um, you know, and, and then we want to go beyond that. The, the goal is to go to Omaha every single year. And, uh, I think we have a pretty, you know, talented group of guys. Um, we've all worked really, really hard and kind of, we have a lot of guys coming back from that big East championship team and they all kind of still have that sting from, uh, losing in the regionals. So you know, everyone's got kind of a chip on their shoulders. So that's, that's our biggest goal. You know, everyone wants to go to Omaha and we're, we've been working really hard and we're just, we're super excited to finally get the season going. Yeah. We know it's a little bit away and you're focused on the, you know, what's in front of you first, but what have you learned about, you know, some of that big East conference play that's going to be so crucial in a month or so? Yeah. I mean, uh, the big East conference play, it's, it's a pretty competitive conference. I mean, this past summer, uh, I get to play against a lot of guys that were, uh, you know, in the big East and kind of, you know, gave me a heads up about, you know, like tendencies of the hitters, you know, what, what's the grind like of the big East, you know, what guy are you going to face on a Friday night? And then, you know, what, what their bullpens are like for certain teams and how you got to attack, uh, everyone. So, uh, you know, I've kind of, they've given me a good idea about it and, um, you know, definitely, hopefully we can defend our title. That's, that's the goal and keep it going. All right, before we let you go, this is dropping on Valentine's Day. So the last thing we're asking everybody is what's your favorite flower? My favorite flower? <laughs> wow. Um, I guess I'll go with roses. I mean, I don't really, I don't really get flowers myself before <laughs> I buy the flowers. But uh, yeah, I'll go with roses, I guess. Yeah, that was the answer that we had Spencer Smith on before you, and that was the answer he gave as well. So we're two for two on roses uh, this uh, during this episode. Cole, that's all we got for you. Thank you so much again for joining us, and best of luck this season at UConn. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. It was great to talk to you. Thanks, Cole. Good luck. Thank you. Before we return to the 2022 Futures Collegiate Baseball League, Back to the Futures, NCAA Division I Valentine's Day opening day special, we want to share a message from our friends at Zorian Bat Company. Rob Zorian started the company Zorian Bat Company in 2003, literally out of the trunk of his car in Davie, Florida. Within two years, he was selling his wood bat line to Major League Baseball and continuing to manufacture the highest grade wood bats for Little League all the way up to the Major Leagues. Rob Zorian, founder and president of Zorian Bats, says, I started the company in 2003 to service all baseball players in the United States and beyond. And after 19 years, our mission has not changed. We are very excited to have the opportunity to work with the Futures League and wish all of our players and coaches a healthy and successful season ahead. To find out more information about Zorian, go to ZorianBats.com. That's Z-O-R-I-A-N Bats.com. Zorian, America's baseball brand. We now return to the 2022 Futures Collegiate Baseball League Back to the Futures NCAA Division I Valentine's Day opening day special. And we want to thank Cole again so much for coming on to our show. It was great to hear about his, not only his time with the Bravehearts and Assumption, but his anticipation for being a UConn Husky. Yeah, and this next guy coming on is somebody you may have seen on. Yeah, and this next guy coming on, he came before my time, but uh, I heard about all the Jack Aaron stories, throwing, <laughs> putting it on a tee for him in the home run derby in that summer of 2020. That was really just an awesome summer for the futures league. Um, we, we talked about that with him and um, you know, you might see him on a couple ESPN games. You saw him in the college world series last year. He's getting ready for a big year after getting drafted, but coming back. And, you know, he talks about this being really his second full year with him being a freshman, not playing a lot, getting hurt. And then obviously um, the novel virus that caused the pandemic throughout the world. So um, we had a great time talking to Dom. Yeah, we had Dominic Keegan, Vanderbilt Commodore, former Nashua Silver Knight on the podcast. As Johnny mentioned, it was great to have him and so many talented guys during the 2020 summer. He was right up there at the end in the MVP conversation, won himself first team all FCBL honors. We talked about that. We talked about his time at Vanderbilt. We want to get you that interview. Here is Dominic Keegan. We are honored to be joined by our next guest here on the FCBL opening day, college opening day special that is. He burst onto the FCBL scene in 2020, earning himself first team honors and was part of the championship squad that year. It's former Nashua Silver Knight and current Vanderbilt Commodore Dominic Keegan. Dom, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course. We appreciate you coming on. And just right off the bat here, how was everything going with baseball? We're just over a week out from 
opening day? How are final preparations going? Yeah, I mean, it's going good. Um, guys just getting out here and, you know, training and, and getting ready for opening day. So we're all excited. All right. So as a kid growing up, as a player climbing through the ranks, what does opening day mean to you when you hear those two words? Uh, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Um, I mean, I guess opening day is just, you know, the beginning of another uh, climb. So, I mean, we're all excited for it and um, hopefully we can have another special year and um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So here in Boston, you're familiar with it, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll hear visiting MLB players when they're playing the Sox say like, Oh, opening day at their home stadium is, is great. But you know, it's always that atmosphere at Fenway. It's always packed. You guys at Vanderbilt are kind of on that level. You kind of earn that, you know, respect. It's always a great atmosphere. It's always hyped up. It always lives up and exceeds the hype. Is that something you guys talk about when, you know, you guys are always circled by your opponents and get everyone's, uh, you know, best, best showing? Yeah. I mean, we definitely get everybody's best, you know, everybody wants to beat us. Um, but I don't think that changes, you know, our, our mindset and how we prepare. Um, so we just go out there every day and, um, you know, just do what we do. We train, we prepare the right way and, um, everybody's going to give us their best. So we're going to give them our best every day too. So. Yeah. Before we continue to talk about this upcoming season, we got to talk about last season. You were a perfect game second team All-American. You had 15 home runs. You were the most outstanding player in the Nashville Regional Tournament, and you were eligible for the 2020 draft, 2021 draft, but you decided to go back to Vanderbilt. What led to that decision? Uh, there's a lot of factors that went into it. Um, I think just at the end of the day, um, I had conversations with people, and, you know, they said, you'll know when it feels right, and it just didn't feel right for me at the moment. Um, last year was kind of my first full college season um, playing in the SEC and kind of experiencing everything um, as an everyday player and that was just something that you know I wanted to experience again I wanted to go through again and um, this is a really hard place to leave so um, it was really difficult for me to make a decision to you know give up one more year here and um, that's just something I wasn't ready to do yet. Yeah it's crazy that you know after all the experience you went through last year that it really was your first full year with with all the craziness that happened beforehand, what ultimately kind of led you to Nashua and why we're talking to you now. But there is no sneaking around that Mississippi State um, took home the title last year. Your goal is, you know, to win these little battles at the beginning of the year to be standing where you were last year and, you know, in that war, if you look at it as, as a big picture. How do you focus, you know, now and, you know, the next few weeks before conference play starts when you know, you know, you have those expectations behind you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we put any expectations on ourselves. Um, I think expectations come from, you know, people outside of, of our inner circle and, you know, they really don't mean anything to us. Um, we try to control what we can control and that's, you know, going out there every day and, and preparing the right way and, and just competing. Um, and if you just take it one day at a time, um, who knows where you end up. Um, so. You know, if we end up there again, we great. If we don't, then, you know, we're just focusing on one day at a time. Yeah, it's a good mentality to have one day at a time. And on your resume as a player, you got a lot of tools on your belt. One of them is catching. Are we going to see any of Dominic Keegan behind the plate this year? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I hope so. I've been training there. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm going to do whatever the team needs me to do. So um, if that's catching, I'll catch. If it's playing first base. I'll do that. If it's in a bullpen catcher, I'll do that. So. So when you were uh, last year, it was primarily first base DH. Um, did you miss catching? Did you miss working with the pitchers? You know, everything on the field, but also, you know, behind the scenes, working with pitchers, you know, the preparation, the game plan. Did you, did you miss all that? And do you miss all that? Yeah. I mean, I guess looking back at it, you know, you, I do, I did miss it a little bit, but, you know, in the moment, you're kind of just focused on what you're doing. And for me, that was playing first base. And um, it was something that, you know, wasn't brand new to me, but, you know, it wasn't something I was an expert at. So a lot of my focus was going into, you know, I'm going to play first base. So uh, I'm going to work and try to be the best that I can at first base. So um, I guess I really didn't have time to sit there and be like, oh, I wish I was catching because, um, I mean, that's really not going to help me at all in the position that I was in. Right. Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. So. We're going to transition. We have a couple kind of modern or future baseball questions here for you. 
One is SEC related, one's FCBL related. The first one, I'll start with the SEC related one. So the conference allows conference games for uh, the catchers to have sort of a walkie talkie. Have you worked with that at all? And do you think, you know, that could be going somewhere in the future that'll grow throughout the game? Yeah, we, we use that here and um, it's something that, you know, everybody likes. It's just something that keeps the pace of the game up and um, everybody kind of works quicker. And, you know, I think the pitchers like it too, because I mean, they get their sign and they're ready to go. There's no really waiting around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really do like, I used it a little bit my freshman year when I came in and caught some games. Um, last year, the game that I caught was in midweek, so we weren't allowed to use it. But um, yeah, we do use it here. Everybody likes it, so. Do you think you see that expanding beyond the SEC? Uh, I think I do. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of teams that we play do use it. Um, but, you know, if they don't, I think I think everybody will start using it soon. So, And so going from that to FCBL, you participated in many a home run derbies during your time with the Silver Knights. You know, obviously it was fun for summer baseball and it was great to continue to go to game. We've got that. The NHL's got shootouts. The MLB throws a guy on second base. Do you see the home run derby spreading through the game, or do you think that's more of a summer baseball thing? I think it's just more of a summer baseball thing, you know. Um, I think it's cool. Definitely a good experience. And, you know, I love doing that stuff. And um, But I think, you know, once you get to to a higher level, like like the show, and, um, I mean, anybody can hit the ball out. So, you know, um, and it doesn't really – I don't want to say it messes with, with guys' swings, but, you know, some guys aren't really comfortable doing that. So um, I think it would change the whole way that, you know, a, a lineup is created or, you know, who's on the roster and who's not on the roster. Um, I don't see it, like, playing into the, the MLB, but it is cool for summer ball, and it's something I really enjoyed. So you're saying a, a, a matchup against LSU, you don't want to come down to a home run derby at Box Stadium? <laughs> I mean, it would be fun. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, uh, once or twice. You know, but yeah. yeah, you can you compete all weekend, and then it comes down to a to a home run derby at the end to say who wins or loses. I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't go out that way. Yeah, there's definitely a, a, an argument. That's that's yeah. definitely a very fair argument. Excuse me. So you have a lot of games to start off the season right in Nashville, but you have a four game set in Honolulu, which uh, you guys you at least according to my extensive research. Uh, since you've been on the team, you haven't been to Hawaii yet. Um, obviously, you're focused on, you know, the tasks in front of you, but it's pretty cool to head to Hawaii, right? Yeah, yeah it is cool. I mean, they came and played us my sophomore year. Um, and, you know, we were kind of told that, hey, we, we might go out there and play them. So everybody's been super excited about it. Um, and I think it'll just be a great experience uh, for everybody, you know, travel. Um, I think we're going out there for, you know, almost like four or five days, which is kind of unusual. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be a good experience, and I mean, I think a lot of guys haven't been to Hawaii, so it'll be a first for all of us, which will be cool. Yeah, I can tell you right now, that's bucket list for me. So I can't even imagine playing yeah. baseball there. In addition to that, that's yeah. pretty cool. And we got to talk about your 2020 summer in the Futures League for another minute here. It was the COVID summer, the only show in town. You come to Nashua and dominate. You get yourself a nice ring to add to your collection. How was your FCBL summer overall, and how did it prepare you for the outstanding season you had in 2021? Yeah, I mean, just giving me the opportunity to go out there and play baseball. Um, a lot of guys didn't get that opportunity, um, especially in their own backyard. Um, I live like 30 minutes away from Nashville, so, you know, it's nice to, to play there and, you know, just, just play again every day. And, um, you know, we were kind of locked up for a little bit, and, you know, nobody was really doing anything. And when the opportunity presented itself, it was like, you know, I got to go play somewhere. I got to do something. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was great. And just getting me back into the game, um, playing with guys from, you know, the area that, you know, you grew up with playing that, you know, I don't necessarily see down here. So um, it was a great experience and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you know, you've, you've played in the Cape before, obviously, and that's, you know, close enough to home compared to some guys mm -hmm. coming from across the country and all over the, the United States, really. But what did it mean, you know, we were the league that was going on that summer. Nashua was the team you were on, like you said, a half hour away from Methuen. What did it mean to play so close and, and how fun was that? Yeah, I mean, it, it meant a lot to me, you know. I think going to school down here and then, you know, going to play summer ball at the Cape or whatever, um, you know, you're away from your family um, pretty much the entire the entire year. Um, so it was, it was good to, you know, have family time, 
um, but at the same time, you know, doing what I love, which is playing baseball. So, um, yeah, like I said, I had a great experience playing in Ashland. You know, my, my family was able to come and watch me play um, almost every night. So um, that's not something they get to do, you know, when I'm 900 miles away. So um, they really enjoyed that as well, too. All right, so we keep joking about it on this podcast. The Futures League is not locked out. The Vandy boys are not locked out. Any inside information from former teammates and friends, uh, whether than the minors or whatever, on uh, any updates? You you texting them? You you talking to them at all? No, I actually I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, I haven't really talked to to many of the pro guys in a little bit, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. So we'll see what happens. All right, and this is we're not allowed to call it our Valentine's Day special because it's the opening day special, but it's coming out on Monday. So we've asked everyone so far, or actually, I don't even know. You'll probably go first, but we're asking everyone, what's your favorite flower for Valentine's Day? Uh, I don't really know many flowers. I'd probably a rose, I guess. That's what everyone said. Exactly. <laughs> we could line it up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, the Rose is now three for three on this podcast. <laughs> Dom, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck with everything and happy opening day. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Dom. And thanks so much to Dominic again for coming on. And, you know, it's it's so cool to talk to him again after talking to him on season one of the Back to the Futures about the SEC, about that competition. And, you know, he almost won a national title at Vanderbilt. It's It's so cool. Yeah, definitely. And this next guy we are having on is Pat Roach of BC Baseball, BC Bird Ball. He spent his summer with the Rocks last year. And, you know, we talked about turnover a lot. That's obviously something that comes in with summer baseball, but the Rocks didn't have a lot of that. They had a consistent roster. It was clear they were going to make the playoffs Mm -hmm. and they did well and he did well. He was a big part of that. Yeah, the Rocks certainly had a great year last year and Pat Roach was definitely part of that. And we're going to get you to this interview. Here's Pat Roach. We now welcome on our final guest here on the FCBL College Opening Day Special. It's Pat Roach of the formerly of the Brockton Rocks and current BC Eagle. Pat, how are you doing this morning? Doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're doing well and we're excited to have you on. And we just want to get right to it here. How are you feeling? It's four days before opening day when we release. What's going through your head? as you know we get closer and closer to finally playing some baseball i'm just so excited to get on the plane uh last year unfortunately i broke my foot and redshirted and wasn't able to travel so this is going to be my first uh first travel roster experience so i'm just really excited for that and really excited for some real baseball yeah so you haven't had an opening day in a couple years then what does the word you know the phrase opening day mean to you when you think of it i think it's just like the excitement of all of the work that you put in in the winter and the summer and all that kind of stuff just coming to fruition and everybody's like it's finally baseball season and everybody's kind of like you get the fresh cut grass smell and all that kind of stuff and it kind of just brings you back to when you were little just like going out there and playing baseball just having fun yeah fresh cut grass smell hits different this time of year for sure and what has been the message from coach Mike Gambino these last few weeks and days here as we get closer to the season? Um, his biggest thing is we're going to be the most prepared team and we're going to have the most fun. So he's, he wants us to go into every game. Like it's, it's our last, he wants us to go in playing aggressive, having fun and uh, knowing that the amount of work that we put in, in the fall and in the preseason that we're ready for anything that, the game's going to throw at us and that we're ready to um, we're ready to play at our best level. And any team that comes into BC or any team that we go face on the road, um, they're going to feel us. So we're just ready to get going. Yeah. So the ACC is loaded with good teams, obviously every year, you know, FSU, Notre Dame, NC state made it as far as they could last year. Um, What's the mentality going in, you know, conference play gets underway quicker than most other conferences for the ACC. What are like the discussions, you know, around that really and the preparation for the marathon of the whole season? Yeah, so a big thing that we focus on, especially being a Northeast ACC team, we don't we don't have like the midweek SEC teams like some, uh, some of the ACC schools do, but um, we've kind of just prepare for every game one, one at a time, um, whether it's 
a Tuesday or a sat or a Friday night game versus UNC. Like we're gonna, we have to show up um, and ready to play because Northeastern comes in here. They have preseason All Americans and all that kind of stuff. Like that's just as big a game for us as UNC on Friday night or Clemson on Friday night or something like that. So we can't get to where we want to be without losing those midweek with if we lose those midweek games so we have to take every every game one step at a time and kind of just like I said have fun be aggressive and do everything that we can do because um I think this year we definitely have the talent to to contend with some of those ACC teams so if we and I think we definitely have the work ethic to back that up so it'll be really cool to see yeah, it will be cool to see, and it is a loaded conference. So that'll be fun playing against all those teams. And not only do you play that SEC talent, but you also get some New England talent, including UConn, Merrimack, and Northeastern. How much trash talk is there going to be between you and those Futures League guys that you were with, whether it was Ben Rounds or J.P. Olsen or whoever else? Oh, yeah. I've played against probably 75% of all those kids in high school, too. So it's been – it's especially J.P. Olsen. He went to CM. I went to BC High. So it's uh, – we've had a rivalry since we were like 14 or something like that. So it's definitely fun. Um, some of my best friends from travel ball and high school and stuff like that play on all those teams. So it's just fun to watch. And uh, like last year was fun to watch this year. It'll be fun to play against them. And um, I'm just excited to see what we got because I mean, like I said, Northeastern has a loaded staff this year. Um, Merrimack um, played us very well last year. And so, like, like I said, none of those games are going to be just show up and walk out with a win. And every, every game, you got to play hard, you got to play well, and you got to have fun. So, Yeah, so was BC high to BC always the plan? You know, did your parents make you? Was it was, it your, was yeah. your coaches make you? Or It was definitely cool. Um, so I, I, in the Super 8 my freshman year, I got called up to varsity and just taking, like, infield, outfield and stuff. Coach Sullivan from BC called me up. And it was kind of like one of the first contacts I had had with the school. And it was just, I was like kind of blown away and going to BC hockey games and BC football games my whole life. Um, I mean, it, I definitely saw it as a fit um, for, my, for me and for like the academics are incredible at Boston College and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of had everything that I was looking for in a school. And I live in Milton, so it's 20 minutes away. So it's not. I can come home for a nice home cooked meal or laundry if I need it, which is really nice as well. Yeah. And speaking of BC, where there were a lot of talented guys in the futures league over the last couple of years, but you guys lost South Raylick and Cody Morissette in particular to the draft this year. How do you guys plan to replace that talent? And what was it like watching those guys play? Yeah, I played against Sal in high school and it was, he's something else, man. He's really, he's just crazy athletic. He knows the game so well. Cody, it's like every time he gets it to the play, it's going to be barreled ball. Um, but I think the biggest thing is that, yeah, we're losing them on the field and during the season and stuff, but all winter, all summer, Sal and Cody have been in the cages hitting with us. Um, their leadership has not been lost. They're still texting everybody on the team and stuff like that. They're still very much um, mentally a part of the team, just, they're physically sometimes like they're physically not on the roster anymore, but I mean, we could go to any, any of them with questions or anything like that if we're struggling. And I mean, Sal's in the cages. He's, he was finishing up his degree. He was in the cages every day in the fall after practice and stuff. So it was cool for the, the, the freshman that didn't get to play with them to be able to see what kind of bird ball is and uh, hit with Sal and stuff like that. So it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome to see a real example. One thing I want to ask a follow-up to the a previous question. So, you like you said, Milton to Chestnut Hill, not a super long ride at all. When's the time of year you go home and do laundry the most? Is it like, I assume you're too busy now. Is it more yeah. fall semester? Yeah, definitely, definitely in the fall. Um, I actually got COVID last week, so I've been home the past couple of days, but which has been nice, uh, especially like as the season's about to start because I'm not going to be home for – for a long time but um definitely in the fall it was like the sunday morning you wake up and you're like i have nothing to do today because we have sundays off so like mom want to come pick me up and i can get some free real food that's not at the dining hall and don't have to do my own laundry so <laughs> it, was, it was definitely nice 
you going to be good for opening day with COVID and everything all cleared? Yeah, I'm good. I'm going to be back at school uh, to, tomorrow, so I, I'm a, I'll be all good. Nice. Glad you're feeling all right. So back to the FCBL, you had uh, Jack Aaron start you guys off, and um, Coach Garza finished the job, but Aaron stayed along for the ride. What was it yeah. like having those guys in the dugout, you know? two different mentalities, obviously, as a coach, but, you know, they both got a lot of wins. Yeah, so when Jack was there, it was kind of like, it was definitely like a little bit more relaxed, like show up, have fun, um, whatever happens, happens. And we just, we had a really good roster and we were all very, very close. So like that, it worked for Jack because we, I mean, I think it was like a 10 game winning streak or something like that we started out on. So, uh, that was really cool. And then it was just like a loose locker room and stuff like that. And then Garza showed up and it took a little bit, there's a little bit of a learning curve for some of the kids. Um, I think, I think certain kids adjusted faster than others because he kind of expected more of like, he's going to show up like a couple hours before the game, he's going to coach you and stuff like that. Where Jack was like, if you asked him something or he saw something glaring, he would, he would talk to you about it and like help you fix it. But Garza was kind of like, he's more experienced. He was kind of looking for like certain things that were wrong with your swing or wrong with your footwork or something like that. So um, I think it was just definitely a little bit more demanding when Garza got there, but I think both coaches were just unbelievable and they were both unbelievable guys. So last summer was probably one of the most fun summers I've had for sure. Yeah. We went to plenty of rocks games, both, at the beginning of the season and the end and kind of saw that balance working in harmony for you guys. And overall, so this is your, this was your second year in the FCBL. Obviously you mentioned that you broke your foot coming into your freshman year, but now you have two years under your belt in the FCBL. How has that prepared you at least for this year when you starting, you're starting out officially, I guess at BC. So I think the, my freshman year, like the summer going into my freshman year at BC, um, the majority of us played summer ball, but some of us didn't. And I think playing in the FCBL, it was definitely like a big jump from high school to playing like college summer ball. Um, because like, I think I started out like one for 20 or something like that. And it was like definitely a big learning curve with just like the talent level and how everybody's like showing up and everybody's ready to play. And everybody is a college baseball player to where in high school, it's like, there's probably three, four or five kids maybe on the team that are all college baseball players. Um, and then there was definitely another jump when I got to school from the SCBL to playing ACC baseball every day. But um, I think it made it a lot easier having, being able to play in the FCBL and being able to have like that intermediary period where um, I didn't have to make the jump from high school just straight to ACC because I think if that happened, I would have been very much overwhelmed. Yeah, emphasis on the maybe three or four guys, you know, yeah. playing college baseball yeah. around yeah. here. As you know, up, up in Massachusetts, it's just oh, yeah. it's more rare. But um, so you your second summer, you made it to New Britain for the All Star Game. What was that like seeing the Rocks guys or seeing other BC guys and co- just competing, having fun for a couple of days in the middle of a competitive summer? Yeah, that was that was really cool. I didn't, I honestly didn't expect. Like, I had no idea what to expect when I went there. Um, but it was just like, I met so many guys from the other teams to where like, it would be like, what's up, man? Like the, after that, every day I would we'd play against the same team. So you'd like dap, dap everybody up, like say what's up. It made kind of the second half of the summer more fun in my opinion, just because like, like what you talked about with like when we played Merrimack or Holy Cross or stuff like that. And there's kids that I know from high school and played against in the FCBL. Like it's, it's a lot more fun when you're competing against people that you know, rather than just like, random people and you can like kind of like talk to each other and like chirp each other and stuff like that and just like all fun and games and stuff and it just made it just makes the summer more enjoyable yeah so today is sunday the 13th before this episode comes out recording the day before it's snowing Mm -hmm. so like you said you're you're locked down right now but what's the what's the mentality is 60 degrees yesterday yeah. and today it's snowing you guys in like the bubble on a so, day like today or yeah. is the turf still open or what's yeah. what's going on so i got kind of lucky i guess you could say with when i got covid because 
this weekend was all outdoor scrimmages. So living so close, I just went up. Um, as I'm sure you guys know, there's the hill up in left field. Um, and I just brought a lawn chair and just sat out and watched them scrimmage on the turf in like 60 degree weather with just like a hoodie and sweatpants on. And then like yesterday I was, I was in this short sleeve hoodie, like with sweatpants on on the hill, it was like 65 degrees or something like that. And they did a full 10 inning scrimmage. And then now today it's snowing and, uh, we're probably gonna have to start shoveling the field again. So, um, I mean, I'm just glad we're gonna, we get to get on the plane and get down the, get down South. Cause I mean, I don't think, I think we could win a game in this, but I don't know about a lot of other teams. So it'd be, it'd be tough to play in this kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Too unpredictable up here. Yeah. You gotta have that new England mentality. If you want to win the games in this weather, hundred percent. Yeah, For sure. Are you see any cool guys come through the bubble at all? Uh, Justin Dunn's in there all the time. Uh, it's, it's really cool seeing him. And then, um, I mean, Sal and Cody, like I said, they're in there a lot. Um, it's just, it's kind of like the thing where, um, like bird ball, we talk about the family values and stuff. And especially with spring training being up in the air and all that kind of stuff, like all the pro guys need to come back and they need to get work in and they, but they can't use their major league facilities. So, I mean, now that BC, we have gotten these upgrades, it's pretty much like the same thing. Like we're kind of working out of a major league facility. So it's, we're blessed to have that kind of stuff. And we're blessed to have all the, all the major league guys come back and still talk to us. Like they're just like another guy on the team and just like show up, say like, what's up? How's class? Oh, like I had that teacher too. Like that guy sucks. Like, blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's good just to see how like, how similar they are to us and how similar their experiences are. And they talk a lot about how, like, we're so lucky. We're so lucky for having the Freddie Center, for having the turf field and everything. Um, but it really goes to show when those guys come back. And, like, it's one thing hearing Coach Gambino say that, but then hearing the stories that they that the players have that come back, like Donovan Casey, who's actually on the 40-man for the Nationals, I'm pretty sure, came back. And he was telling stories about, Sheffield and all that kind of stuff and like it was crazy like they there's no chance they were scrimmaging five years ago last last weekend so we're definitely lucky in that regard yeah just too muddy so like we said it's the day before the episode drops what a win by the Bengals last night <laughs> yeah I'm hoping I hope so man one of my one of my buddies from BCI actually Ozzy Trapilli is on the football team and his roommate is from Cincinnati and uh I've been texting him all the all morning, and I'm just so excited to watch this game. They're gonna win it for their sweet prince. Yeah, Joe Burr, baby. <laughs> um, something we've asked all three guys so far. It's Valentine's Day. What's your favorite flower? Mm. I have no idea. Um, I'd probably go tulip. Was probably the first thing that popped into my head, so I'll go with tulips. That is our first unique answer out of the four guys. So <laughs> yes, shout definitely. out to you for knowing your flowers a little roses bit more than the others. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All roses so far. <laughs> All right, Pat. Well, we appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Good luck. Get get recovered from COVID. Get back on the field. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in BC all season long. Yeah. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Pat. All right. Have a good one. Thanks so much to Pat for coming on. That wraps it up with all of our interviews. Yeah, it was great to have all four of these guys on. Thank you so much to Spencer, Cole, Dominic, and Pat for joining us on another episode of Back to the Futures. This was episode three of season four of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you.